Thanks for coming to hang out with us today. Ruck Up Buttercup is a podcast hosted by Deployed Love. We chat about real things that military families deal with and help you to love the call to action. So you know the drill. Ruck Up Buttercup! Hey everybody, welcome back to another girl chat on Ruck Up Buttercup. We are going to kind of, we kind of started talking about it in the last episode, so we thought we'd make a whole episode on it, but talking about kind of the stereotypes that come with being a military spouse or being part of the military family. Um, So we are going to just kind of bring up some of those topics and just go into our experiences and how they came to be, I guess. Yeah. So I think um, there's kind of a few words that, you know, you'll see across you know, social media posts within, you know, circles talking about things, you know, when people say certain words, you're just like, you're either like, oh, I don't, don't mind it. Or, oh my gosh, stay clear. Don't want to talk about it. Um, And one of those is SFRG or family groups um, or whatever you may call it within your military branch. But um, Army's SFRG, we've talked about FRG stuff throughout the podcast and on several of our posts. And, you know, it's one of those words that people like don't get involved. It can be clicky, you know, don't, don't do anything. Don't trust them, things like that. So I have a love hate relationship with FRG stuff. Um, If you've listened, you know that I'm actually an SFRG leader. Um, You know, I've been a part of bad FRGs and I've been part of great FRGs. I think that, you know, it really does matter depending on the person who's in that position. And, um, you know, most people will see like, you know, they felt like they weren't welcome, things like that. So, you know, Sabrina, I think you had an interesting first experience with FRG, right? Or am I making that up? Um, I don't know. I've had a really not a whole lot of them. I think that my biggest issue is a lot of places we went did not have an FRG. Yeah. Like maybe they had it, but it wasn't active to the point beyond like sending out the emails that come out through ACS type of thing. Like we rarely heard anything. Um, we had, but my first FRG was actually pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think what's really important to state about FRG is it is a volunteer position and 80% of the time, those spouses are voluntold by their significant other to do that job, whether they want to or not. Um, you know, I'm, my husband's in a position now where, you know, it's kind of expected for me to do the job. Now I don't mind doing it because, you know, my heart and soul is military families. Like I love helping military families find the resources that they need. Um, do I like the drama that comes with it? Absolutely not. Like it's not my favorite thing. Um, as I get older, I'm, like, nope, not dealing with that. Like, I'm not dealing with baby baby daddy drama or anything like that. Like, that's not what we're here for. Um, but it's a, what a lot of military spouses think that we're here for is to help ease military or not military, marital, like, problems. And so I think that's why it gets so, such a bad rep because, you know, the only time you hear about FRG you hear the negatives. You don't really hear the positives unless you have a few people who come out and say, yeah, I've had great experience. Like they helped me through this. They helped me find this resource. And, you know, the FRG can be a great resource. Like there's so many things that they have at their fingertips to give to you. 
I mean, I know our, you know, the 82nd at Bragg, like, you know, we send out monthly emails that have all of the things that are happening around Bragg, all of the great free events for soldiers, for families, all the resources, all of the, you know, when, you know, their case sales and the, you know, pamper diaper sales or, you know, free diapers, like all of that information will go out through your FRG if it's, if it's base ran. And so if you're not connected with it and you're not following those specific pages, you may not find out about that information. Um, so I, I always say that it's important to at least know who your leader is. If you have one, like, like I know, Serena, you're saying there's so many organizations who don't have. Yeah, I think it, it really is. Yeah. It depends on whether that person, even if they take that position, what, what they choose to do with it as well, well because they, there's a lot of them who will do it as and that's it's not all really big. And it's, and again, another thing to know is it, it's not that it's not an FRG's like leader's decision on what you do. It is a command ran program command. If that commander of that company or that battalion or whatever unit um, doesn't want to have it, they will not do it. Like they may say, Hey, we have a person on paper to say, yep, we have a person on paper that is our FRG leader. But they may not want someone to do something in that position. So, like, you know, it it's a volunteer program that is command-sponsored. And if the command does not back it, there is not going to be a family group, yeah, an FRG. I think a lot of the, the stereotype and the stigma comes a lot from the actual soldiers themselves, whether they've heard it from yeah. other people. I think especially as new spouses coming in, when you first get married, you don't really know what it is because you don't know people in it until your husband puts you in it, like essentially. And a lot of the rumors I know when we first, we were really young and we came in and Dustin's like, well, I don't know if we, if we should get involved with that because I've heard that it's just drama. I've heard that it's whatever. And the only reason we did it was, I think was because there was a deployment coming up. So I was like, no, look, I, I'm stationed so far from family. I am really young. I need to know, at least know who I can go to if there's an emergency, like who to talk to. And luckily that I think it also, cause back in the day, I think then it was a lot more prevalent that the, the FRGs were more active and ours was yeah. more than just a meeting. We were doing fundraisers. We were going on really cool socials. It, it kept us very busy throughout the deployment. So I think it's changed a lot. I think a lot of it has become, especially with COVID, has knocked a lot of some of the social aspect out of what FRG used to be. Yeah. Well, and I feel like FRGs today are very different compared to 10 years ago. Um, you know, a lot of that stigma comes from like where, you know, uh, officer spouses were not mingling with enlisted spouses. And so I feel like a lot of that stigma is kind of gone. I don't know if it's because of social media or what, but like, you know, it's not as big as like, oh, I'm an officer wife. I mean, you still see it. Don't get me wrong. Cause that's another kind of, you know, stereotype that we face. You know, there are still spouses who wear their husband's rank, even though that's not a thing we do. And I think a lot of stigma back in the day was because it was very, no, like you're an officer spouse. You cannot be friends with an enlisted spouse. Like it was a thing. Like I specifically remember like growing up and it being like a big no, no. And it's, I don't feel like it's that way anymore. 
then I just because me because I don't care yeah I mean like, I don't think a spouse is like such a big deal I think that it becomes more it still is an issue I think when it's as far as enlisted I'm I don't think that like privates can go hanging out with captains and stuff like I don't think that that's yeah. a thing but in terms of soldiers yes but I yeah. feel like I think a lot of spouses nowadays are kind of like oh I can be friends with this person obviously yeah like we may not be like couple friends but like you know I can still hang out with this person um I think it's a little bit more open-minded now than it was like 10 years ago so I feel like a lot of that stigma came where you know in enlisted spouses were feeling like they were being left out because the officer spouses were clicky because those were who they hung out with and those who were like you know they were technically only allowed to hang out with and and I don't even want to say allowed it was just kind of like I don't know, like, I feel like social media has really opened up the opportunity for more people to be friends and people don't look at the rank. They just see the person now where beforehand, like, oh, that person is Captain So-and-so's wife. Like, I I can't be a friend with them because it's Captain So-and-so's wife. I feel like it's traditions, though, that were passed on for a long time of that. Mm -hmm. I mean, because I was an FRG leader in Ranger Battalion for many, many years. Um. And, you know, TAB couldn't hang out with UNTAB, mm-hmm. even though you're in a Ranger Battalion. And a lot of people still don't even know the difference in between TABBED and being in Battalion, TAB and Scroll. Um, but I feel like the Army is a new, a new Army. Like, there's a new generation of people coming up. And I feel like it is a lot more accepting of some of the stuff that, you know, 10 years ago was not accepted so well and I'm glad that it's getting away from some of those things but then I feel like some of the things are definitely different than the soldiers that the the ones that have been in 15 20 years are now it's just I'm saying a new breed really isn't the right terms, but that's the only thing that I can really kind of think to express it. Yeah. And I think that's um, kind of where the, know, the the FRGs are kind of transitioning anyways. Like we, we went from what was a, the stereotypical FRG, which was we were family. I mean, family. you kind of had to be, but also you had, you had, I definitely can remember where the officer wives were in the room compared to the mm-hmm. enlisted wives, like we knew. Um, so it was different then. And I think that that maybe that's why a lot of FRG fell out. And I'm hoping that that means that they're going to build it up in a different way as we continue, like as the army continues to progress and change, well, and I, the FRG and is going to look different in that way. And it's taken like a the step FRG that way. Gone, though. It I is, feel like a lot of just, the places there's no FRG anymore. It's it's kind of well, now it's because it's, ran and it's not yeah, any of the soldiers doing now. it. And it's soldiers doing it and the soldiers don't care about the families, especially if they don't have a family of their own. Yeah. So it's well, because now it's family and soldier. So it used to just be family readiness group. Now this is army only. I don't know how it's ran in the Air Force, Navy, or Marines. Um, but army specifically, it used to just be family readiness group and it was solely focused on just family members, like those who had spouses. Now it's family soldier readiness group. And so it is bringing in that soldier aspect, which, you know, most infantry units, you know, in the army are really young. So they're not all married. I mean, I would say like our companies, you know, my last several companies have been 
you know, 80% single soldiers. Only 20, 15% were actually married. And so, so does the FRG do like things specifically for the single soldiers though? It it, it yeah. has to be open to both. So if if it's a if it's an SFRG event, you can do something where it's mainly for the soldiers, but the families have to be invited. If no families show up, it's fine, but it has to be at least inclusive to where like, hey, like we're having a cookout. FRG yeah, I, mean, I guess I'm just kind of confused as why they added that into there because it's like that's what they had the rec days for you know like your rec have to mm-hmm. have required days and then that's also why there's boss like there's it boss. seems like they're kind of just letting yeah. the families have no it's, support which kind of sucks I know and with yeah. our battalion too we would do like when the soldiers came from deployment we would decorate their doors mm-hmm. and leave baskets in mm-hmm. their we did so too yeah. we weren't just always focused on the families like we did a lot of stuff mm-hmm. for the single soldiers as well yeah, yeah i think i think the biggest thing too is it it is now command sponsored so like you know it really is like yes like you have to have a per I mean it depends on the unit but like the 82nd is especially with the rapid deployments they've been very strict about like you have to have at least someone listed as an FRG leader um and again you know a lot of times it's it's the spouse of the cap you know of the commander or the first sergeant or one of you know the XOs or one of the higher ranking members of the company's spouses because which is kind of a mess though because i remember going to those pre-deployments and they're like oh and the frg leader for this is and they're sitting all these spouses sitting there like waiting to see who this person is so they know is xyz but she's actually in florida for the deployment it's like well what use is that yeah because because they had to like because they had no one would a either no one volunteers or b it's someone who has been voluntold and you know I understand that like that's it being a person where you're the go-to person for a crisis or concern or during a deployment um is not for everybody it, it it's not and so I understand that like you know having there could be bad leaders out there because it's just not they just don't want anything to do with it um so like I guess like my biggest thing is like there are bad apples out there we're not saying that there is there isn't there is maybe next time before going and kind of complaining and throwing kind of like, you know, a pity party about, Oh, this person didn't do anything for me. You could volunteer. Yeah. I think that's one thing that we should tell you is that you can. Um, I think because yeah. that was like the FRG that I was part of wasn't run by an officer's wife. She was, no. he was maybe and I- a, set, a sergeant and mm-hmm. she ran the whole thing because she wanted to like, otherwise we well, wouldn't and have I think that's the difference nowadays compared to, like 10 years ago, 10 years ago, it had to be an officer. Well, that's what I'm saying. No, that was 10 years ago. She was able to fill that position because they, the commander did not have a spouse. It. So they yeah. needed somebody to run it. And so she did. And so you can volunteer. Yeah, you can you volunteer. I got my position. My husband was um, just the just an NCO and I was FRG leader. So yeah, it, and thing. that was 10 years ago. I mean, it yeah, actually, that was 15 years ago. <laughs> I, was say, I guess like I should put like 15 years ago because yeah. I was gonna say I was I was in I was a sergeant wife too as a as an FRG leader. So it, I mean, I think the thing is, is if the spouse me. doesn't want to do it, yes, it that should be opened up to whoever wants to do it. They shouldn't take on something that they can't commit to. Right. However, 
having an FRG, people really need to know what it's there for and utilize mm -hmm. it for what it's there for. Yeah. And I feel like nowadays too, when it comes to FRG, and this may be going on to a different topic, but there's so many support groups out here now. So yes. just like deployed love, but there's, I know here at Benning, there's like freaking seven other support groups here for military families that meet and do stuff and hold baby showers and do, <laughs> you know, stuff like that for spouses. So if you're not finding that within your FRG, looking to the community that you're in and try to find resources that are there because we've been in, my husband's been in Savannah almost five years and I haven't heard one single thing from the FRG. And when they were on lockdown in Germany on deployment, a European rotation, um, I had put on Facebook in Savannah, like, who's my FRG leader for this blah, blah, blah. And he got pulled into his chain of command and was like, why is your wife asking these questions on Facebook? But nobody could tell me who the FRG was and nobody reached out the to answer. Hmm. So See, that's kind of like my years issue. later, no That's FRG. one of my biggest issues is, A, if you have a spouse who is just kind of snarky about that and just be like, she should know. But, like, again, the only way an FRG leader or person, key spouse, whatever you're called, has your information is if your soldier puts your information on that roster. That's not and always true, though. My husband has gave my information several times. That's true. I, there's still a breakdown of communication there. There is a breakdown of communication, but like I will say, like at least in our unit, like the way the army has it set up now is it used to be I would directly talk to first sergeant or commander. Like I would not have another person to go through. That is not the case anymore. Uh, there is now what they call CFRRs, which those have been around for a little bit, but they weren't specifically company related. They had one more like a battalion level. Um, but now there's a soldier assigned within every company that gets all the family readiness information. And then they're supposed to dismantle it to the volunteers. Like that's, you know, that's my biggest thing is getting that information in a timely manner, getting that information at all. Like, you know, I think we talked about like the ball in our last episode where I didn't even know there was a ball and they were like, we need to get numbers up. And I'm like, okay, well, when was this announced? Cause I just now hearing about this and I'm a leader. So it's the thing. I feel like the other spouses, I feel like there's a big breakdown in the mm -hmm. army communication right now because yeah. I mean, it was the same way here for us, but with my husband's unit, the soldiers do run his, like there isn't a FRG volunteer point of contact. It is yeah. a soldier that we have to contact mm -hmm. and they don't care. So don't. yeah, I just feel like if you have an FRG, great, reach out to them. It's really not as bad as what everybody says. Yep. Some of them are bad, but you but know, it's still a great you get way in contact. that FRG and you start making a positive influence and a positive change, then you can help refocus that FRG into the right direction. Yeah, However, absolutely. If you can't find that, look into the community for places that you can find that support. Yeah. Well, and like it's it's important to note that like you should still know who your FRG leader, key spouse leader is because they're going to be your point of contact for any information during a deployment. I mean, unless your spouse has the ability to give the information to you, you know, any important message, official 
message is going to come down from your FRG leader. I, think, I mean, the most important one is when, like the, t- if there's a change so when of they the come plane home. flights coming home. No, yeah. Because there's yeah, no way that your, so your military you, member is going to reach out to you while they're on an airplane. They can't. And if you put like, don't ways, contact so. me on, like, don't contact me or anything like that. Like there's only, we like, it's a volunteer program. It's command sponsored. There is only, it's an, it's a military, it's part of the military. We all know how effed up the military logic and and systems can be it's another program and so like you have to understand that like it's it's take you know give some grace if you're not finding the support you need thank goodness there's social media now so you should be able to post and ask those questions but like you know i feel like frg leaders and frg volunteers and the program itself gets such a bad rep but like it can be resourceful and and useful if you wish to utilize it it's not like you have to make friends with the volunteers it's just you know keep them in your back pocket if you need them don't bring them into your drama because that's not what we're there for we're not here to help you find a lawyer i mean we can give you but don't put them on the pedestal either like they're yeah, not exactly better than you are like no. they're so i'm not better than anybody like so don't don't let an FRG leader come to you because I feel like that's where a lot of the drama and the, the frustration comes from where people are like, Oh, I'm not getting involved because the FRG leader feels like she's wearing her husband's rank. And that frustrates me more than anything. So don't put that spouse on that pedestal. I think it's both ways. Especially if she's already there. Yeah. And I feel like that goes both ways though, because like, I know that like, I've had people talk bad about me, but that's because I've been like, they've called me like where they're having bad, like marital problems to the point where like, I'm like, I I can't do anything at this point. You're just trying to cause drama. Like I was like, I've given you the resources. This is all I can do. But at that point they're looking for, I feel like, a friend or they need they're looking for they want their soldier in trouble so you know there are certain incidents I think like I'm there for people who need a friend but I you know if it's a person who is calling me never dealt with that in like our FRG that was nothing ever in our FRG like we always but I feel I, like that's a much newer thing, though, because of social media and stuff and where people are much more willing. And I think it's a generational thing where both me and you, actually all three of us, we wouldn't go on to social media and air our marital problems. We won't, you know, like if I have an issue and I need a contact, like I'm going to say, hey, I need the information for the chaplain. I'm not going to I'm not going to call and say, hey, my husband is sleeping around and um, I want him to be fired and da, 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 da. And, you know, you're calling me back to back to back with the same message. And I've already given you the information I can. I've given you the commander's information. And, you know, I'm there to surprise, you know, hey, yeah, I, I feel you as a woman to woman, like understand like your husband cheated really sucks. But I feel like I think it's a generational thing, too, that like people are so more willing to air their their bedroom stories that there's not kind of a professionalism because it's a professional setting like this is a like hey I'm I'm a contact here are the resources I don't need to be involved any more than that yeah and again I think because I'm not your friend unless I'm actually your friend yeah I feel like 
where the FRG has transitioned from what it was 10 years ago, because 10 years ago, it was a friend, like you were making your friends there. It was more social. It was so much more social where now your job as the FRG leader is to get the information from the unit to the soldier, Mm -hmm. to the family or whatever. So it has changed quite a bit in that sense that it's not as much of a social gathering. Yeah. And I think that's because again, it's a command, command we were really good friends in our FRG. Like we were all there for each other. Every holiday we did stuff together and like no spouse guess, was left alone. I guess I should, I should let me, let me rephrase the way things. If you're a spouse who's never communicated with me before and you never made the efforts to be a friend. Cause like Courtney, one of my very best friends I met through the FRG. It's not, it's not, I feel like that's still a solid piece. Like you can still make good friends going to FRG events and things like that. The FRG leader's job is not to help you fix your marital problems. Oh yeah. I mean, it's I guess the like general that's what I was trying population. To like like if I'm your very, friend, very I'm going to be there to support thing. you. Yeah. But as a, as a leader capacity, my only duty is to give you the information that I can give you, which is really only the chaplain's information, the JAG information. You know, I, you know, unless like I know a good, like a family lawyer, things like that, like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to help you the way I can, but there's only so much that person can do, I guess is the way I I should like state it. Like, it's not that, you know, also don't take it as like, Hey, when, when the person tells you, this is all I can do, don't go complain saying like, they didn't help me because there, there's only certain things that we can help with. Again, I'm a, like, they're volunteers. Like, you yeah. Know, and I think that's a very specific, specific instance though. I like- don't know. It's not very specific into the 80 seconds. I guess like I've dealt a lot with that. So I guess like um, depending on what unit you're in and things like that, every every organization is going to be different. Every FRG is going to be different. Um, You know, you may have bad, like, you know, you may have a bad experience at one, your next one, still give it a shot, even though you had a bad experience with another type of thing. I don't know. Um. I feel like that kind of went off the wrong way that I wanted it to go off, but, um, don't hold them up to a pedestal. Be like them. Like if they think they're high and mighty, don't do that. Like Kim was saying, but also like understand that they're also human and it's just a volunteer position. They may not want to be in it. So if they say, this is all I can help with, don't also go cause drama because you felt like you didn't get what you needed out of them. And if that needed was drama, because I feel, I don't know, my experiences is, is lately it's been a lot of drama um, in terms of they want the, they want the soldiers, they want the volunteers to help create drama. And I can see where those people will like, where people say that FRGs are dramatic because some people fall into it. Some people like, yeah, absolutely. I believe you or. I um, agree, like, you know, that's not okay. And then they go start talking to other people and then it just becomes a full circle of people talking about one. Well, yeah, and I think that's females yeah. in general. Like, yeah, female. you're so, going to find that anywhere where people are going to- like people going and talking. Um, well, that kind of moves into the dependent are, situation. Like, I think that that's just yeah. that situation of, it's not just military because we we all just know the military because that's all we've had our lives as adults. But I I guarantee it's in every community. But like, well, I think it's because we have a for it. 
like we have the I mean I guess like nowadays there's the label of a Karen but I feel I, I again depend the word depend I have a love-hate relationship with it because I can see the humor behind it in certain like um in certain aspects but then I also like hate being labeled a dependent because as a spouse of 15 years who has had time where I wasn't working or you know whatever being labeled as someone who's just there well I think I've always thought it was such a funny stereotype because yeah I think that a lot of people even my sister when we were not getting along when we first got married it was like oh well you're just marrying him for the money which is where the kind of thing comes from and it cracks me up when when people outside the military say yeah if you're like marrying an officer maybe there's something to that but like (laughs) marrying a private coming out what money we could have had so many better jobs and so much more money that like I did not marry that man for his money no that is not it well and I, I think that I think like I think when people who are outside of the military community or even people who are retired use it you know who haven't been in the military community for a really really long time use it that's when it kind of irks me a little bit because I'm just kind of like you have no idea like you have no idea what military families are going through right now um you know on top of you know costs for childcare food you know you know, I still, I mean, I still don't even know how we made, I mean, I'm so glad that we didn't have kids young because, and that was one of the reasons why we didn't have kids when we, when we first got married was because, you know, we don't make a lot. Like, I don't know why people think that the military community has like all this money. No, I think we have an episode and I'll have to repost it again, but the, last yeah. year we talked to a girl who was, I mean, you, even if you just move from a more better cost of living area to a lower cost of living area how much that messes up your pay as a military member because you're used to a certain income but they it, it'll cut in half like if you move yeah. from California to nowhere so mm-hmm. I think that people don't realize we live in the low income bracket we are using like wick we are getting food stamps it's, it's crazy well, and I think it's important to state too that like we're moving so often that like some spouses just decide not to work because it's it's more it's of a hassle to work. Impossible. It's a hassle. And, you know, I think I talked about that in that episode where like, you know, I I was fired from a job because my husband was in the military and I was the person that had to take off when the kids were sick and I was the person that had to do everything. And because of that they were like, we, we're going to just find someone we think is a little bit more stable, even though like I was willing to work from home and things like that. They were just like, no. And they knew going in that I was military spouse. Um, and you know, that was such like a, like sucky feeling knowing that like, you know, I have a degree. I have worked my butt off since I was 16. I've worked since I was 16 you know, knowing that like my career doesn't come first. I mean, I could, I should, I should say that I could put my career first. I choose not to because I don't want to split my family up. Um, Each to their own. I know some spouse, I have known some spouses who will stay put and have their career and their soldier will move on to another location. Uh, my in-laws did that. I mean, Kim, Kim stayed put while her husband has gone, gone to a different duty station everybody's different and so I think like labeling somebody as like being lazy or dependa or just there to 
um, have military benefits. It's so, just so funny. The, the like, thing is, the thing is, is people one bad apple makes the whole bad, bad yeah, go wrong. Oh, people see like one person doing something wrong. And then you have all of these other people that are doing great things in the community yes. or holding great jobs, but they only see that one person mm-hmm. that's doing something wrong. And then they're like, oh, or one person post on Facebook, something stupid. And then they start labeling all military. All military and I, I, so it's just. Because we are, just, we are a unique, we are a unique demographic. But I feel, I feel like when people call us dependas, it's like. It's a label. I mean, it's something that we deal with in society for mm-hmm. everything. If yes. you are Chinese, oh, they're Chinese. It's just a label they're that people caring. like yeah. Give us. It's not I I don't take it to heart. Like I'm like, okay, if that's what you I think. I used uh-huh. to, but like I as I've kind of like gotten older, I'm like, I'm just like, whatever. Like I think and I think it was more because I was like, I am working so hard at like to break that stereotypical military spouse and you're right like you only hear about the the people who those bad apples like you don't see you know I feel like nowadays we're starting to see more of those badass military spouses who are just doing everything and there's so many out there so like you know we're such a unique demographic like who else can hold down the fort when your soldier is constantly you're you're other support person is constantly coming and going, especially if you have kids. Like, I think it's a, it's different when you have kids. But, you know, even as just a married couple, like, holding down the fort, continuing life, still working, still doing all of the things. Like, there's no other. I mean, you may have some, like, police and line workers that may kind of experience the same type of, like, coming and going, like, for short periods of time. But, like, we're the only demographic out there who have members of their household who are gone for long periods of times, up to a year or more. And you're still expected to function like a normal, like a, a any other regular person. And so like I'm, I'm going through that a lot here. Yeah. Like my frustration with people not realizing that my husband only comes home on the weekends is breathtaking. Like people are like, Oh, well, we have to go home because we have this and we work this job and we have two scout meetings this week. So I'm exhausted. I can't, I'm, I'm sitting here like, dude, my husband is not here. Your husband went grocery shopping. Your husband's getting the kids from school. I am like pulling everything together with four at four different schools, mm-hmm. working scouts, all of our extra stuff. And I'm making it work. But people, like, you can't brag on yourself because then they're like, oh, she just thinks high and mighty. Yeah, But then I get so tired of people complaining to me that they can't get their life together. I'm like, come on. And then if you go and complain to them, and if you go and complain to them, they're like, oh, well, you chose this. And it's just like, yes, I chose to love the person that I fell in love with and and support them and what they want to choose. Um, would I choose for my husband to leave every, you know, I mean, same thing. Like Jeremy has been gone so much this year, already just this year and is, you know, going to be gone all the summer again. And I'm just kind of like, I have to do summer by myself again. Like, I'm so mad about it. Like, it's nothing I can choose. I can be mad about it. But like, if I go to complain about, about it to certain people, they're like, well, you chose this. And I, I hear that every time and it's, it's I, so people annoying. judge me. 
for me and Travis choosing to live separately. I mean, people were like, oh, I couldn't do that or I wouldn't do that. But you don't know what, exactly. like, it's, you're not in my shoes. So right. what you choose is what you would choose. And what I chose is different. However, I'm dealing with that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that like the word to kind of like nowadays I can see it funny. I hate when people outside of the military community use it though, because I feel like they're using it in a very negative capacity and it just makes me mad because I'm just like, you have no idea what a day on the daily life of a military spouse is like I, that's when it bothers me is when someone outside the community like you're just oh you're a dependa you're a dependapotamus like you know you're just there like you don't worry well, I hate oh, that word dependapotamus is so rude because you're not only being like derogatory towards like, you're also never being, like, fact like, that you're I've like, never found like that you're overweight or something like that I, like, rude like I and I think dependapotamus is the one where I have the issue with when you use it in that context um and it's just like, it just, it just irks me just to the point where I'm just kind of like, mm, you know, let me explain to you what my life has been like for the last y- year. Let's just go through the year, you know, has been rapidly deployed. You know, he was also gone for two months here and a month there. And, you know, we had to move. I had to move by myself. Like, you know, they never know. And so, you know, civilian life, they handle, they go through these things too. Like, I'm not saying they don't do it, but like, we're more likely to have to do things on our own when we, when our counterparts in the civilian world will have, you know, their husband can take off work instead to watch sick kids. And we don't really have that luxury. Some may, I'm not saying not all military can, but, you know, in my experience, it's always been me. It's always been me who has had to put my job, my career, um, my time on the back burner because it, it is what it is. And I understand that. Like, I can be mad about it. Like, no one says you can't be mad about it. But also, like, don't don't talk down on military spouses because we're strong. Well, because we're not just stay-at-home mom. We're not just stay-at-home yeah, spouse. It, I mean, I, it's funny because we just did our taxi the other day and he put down for me. He goes, well, what did you do? And I was like, oh, I just, you know, I just stay at home. And he was like, oh, you're a home engineer. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, it is a full freaking time job. It is a and not job. only that, I mean, I homeschool, but it's like, it's that is another job. There's so many things. And even just being a military spouse is a freaking job because you need to learn all the terms. You need to be able to follow mm-hmm. their schedule. You have to be able to adjust on a dime. Like there's so many things that you do that is not going to be something an average civilian can do well it's not and I think like even just a stigma I mean like I work from home but like because I work from home and I'm home all the time people just assume that I don't work and so you know yes I have a flexible schedule because I can like I'm fortunate enough that I have you know the job that I have I'm I'm super flexible so like if I don't want to work all day and go do something all day and just work at night I can but like you know other people you know like that was kind of my frustration with the command with Jeremy's command, because like they just assumed that none of us work because their spouses don't work, but their spouses weren't volunteering. So it's just like, no, like all three of us work full-time jobs. Like we can't just stop what we're doing to come do something because you want us to. Um, But I guess like leading into that, like the dependa, like, you know, the bullying aspect of the military life this is one that I struggle with and I and I, I struggle too I I think that we do have a lot of and again it's a social media thing I don't I mean I'm sure there was bullying back in the day before social media but I feel that there are so many spouses 
and I can understand where they get this dependa thrown at them who think that they can just be complete bitches. I'm going to say it. Like I, the amount of, I'm all for people being able to say what they, their, their freedom of speech and the freedom to say what they need to say and things like that. But the amount of bullying that I see on post is ridiculous. Like wh- what? I mean, and this isn't just military. This is just across the board. Like, I feel like this is just, again, a generational thing, a social media thing, people hiding behind their keyboards and being bold enough to say something. But like, what? what's the point of saying like, um, is Google, Dr. Google broken? Like, what's the point of saying that? Like, the, the thing the is, of- people have always had these comments and stuff. It's now that social media is there, people can hide behind it. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the the ugliness of the spouses and the military was always there. We can just it's see it. Or in your face now yeah. because people know they can hide and not have to be face to face with the person that they're saying the negativity to. And it blows my mind on this because, I mean, at least in like the 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 spouse pages of military like military pages do you not think that people are on there not talking to their soldiers or going and talking to like oh did you see what so-and-so's wife posted like I don't know like I again freedom of speech say what you will but you know I I would just never I guess again I just wouldn't go on to social media and air all of my laundry or go on and just be ruthless and just be mean for no apparent reason. So we have a page here at Fort Benning. It's called the Fort Benning Anonymous page. And it is crazy. But I also think that some of the posts come from soldiers trying to stir stuff up. Like it's not the spouses. It's the soldier. Like, there was one post on there was like, hey, you in those um, sexy green shorts running by my house next time stop and water the flowers or something stupid like that. And the spouses were like, this is definitely a soldier trying to make himself feel good. Like there's stupid posts like that. Yeah. And then it does get pinged to spouses doing it. And it's just, <laughs> I feel like... People want to create that drama and that silliness. And they have nothing to do. And so I feel like a lot of the ugliness is just from people being silly and people being bored. And so they do stupid stuff and we all attack. That page and that group exists is because people want to bully other people. Like, yeah. there's no reason well, for I was going to say, page. like, there's, there's, there's a couple there. posts, there's a couple pages here at Bragg where it's just kind of like, um, well, they're like shit posting like, ones where they just literally go on and they yeah. literally just shit talk well, everybody. And I'm just, and now like, Facebook has made it where you can post anonymous, uh, you know, anonymous yeah. on all of these pages. Well, see, so I, like I kind of like that. Only the only I, reason I like. I only like that because there have been times where there's been sensitive things where you may not want somebody to message you because I've seen it happen where people will go and ask a question and then they will just be ramrodded. And I get that. How horrible are you and things like that. I get that. But then there's also people that are asking just basic stuff and they're like, I don't want people to comment back or message me. But then it's like, 
this is anonymous post is silly. Like it's yeah. not. How, yeah, how are you going to get the help sense. if we don't know how? Like, so they're still hiding behind is. it. Yeah. I just, again, I don't know if it's just the way I was raised, but I feel like airing laundry to a bunch of strangers. I, I feel like there's certain things you can ask. Like, you know, hey, does anyone have recommendations for a lawyer or recommendations for a therapist or recommendation for this? But like airing out the entire story, you're just looking, I mean, they're doing it. I guess like those people are doing it for the attention. They want someone to justify. Yes. That's what I was going to say. And then when some, some, but a lot of times people aren't justifying their feelings. Like, you know, you're in the wrong, you're stupid. You are, you know, all, I mean, I just, I couldn't imagine going through something extremely painful or extremely emotional and then posting on there and then just having people just be my thing is is people are some people do actually go on and post and they are feeling this and they are struggling and then people are negative to them and then they go and do something stupid I mean we I don't know if y'all remember about the military spouse that ended up pulling her car into like a national park or something and shooting herself and her son after something on Facebook because people attacked her and she was literally depressed and feeling down. But I I feel like, I, I think too, social media is not the place for a lot of stuff and people don't understand that. And that's another generation thing, I think, because even like when somebody passes away, that's the first thing people do is run to Facebook to write on there, rest in peace, this person or do this or, and it's, it's sad, you know, that that's their outlet. But if that's their outlet too, I feel like you have to be supportive of that. Like I have a friend right now and they're not military, but his wife is struggling hard. He left her. And she doesn't understand why. And she uses Facebook to get connection with people. And it's sad, but I feel like that may be the only thing helping her hold on. Mm-hmm. So I feel like even though I don't be, agree with it, or I'm yeah. like, hey, this is ridiculous. Stop doing this. I could go and say something mean, but what's the point? What's the purpose? That's, that's my thing. It's just like, if you don't have anything, if you're not answering that person's question specifically or like I guess just I just don't understand why people feel the need to comment on things where their input was not asked or needed like you know the person's asking like you know I'm trying to like come like like a sample like I've seen so many people where they ask a specific question and then the person will go off and just say awful things and then you know people are trying to back her up but like it's just it's just arguing I also think the people who post things um who air their laundry and then don't get the response that they want and then turn that they turn themselves into being the bully because they're bullying back to comments like you know yeah that doesn't sound right you know type of questions um like if you're gonna put your laundry out there also don't expect to like start arguments I don't know like I just I guess I just, to me, that's not something I would do. And so. My favorite is when people comment or post one thing, but then comment something else. Yes. And then a couple of days later, they'll post something else and people like straight call them out for a lot. Yes. Like, you just posted or, the other day. And they or if they go to a different group 
or they go to a different group well i think that's the biggest thing is if you're like didn't get the answer they want or the you know the backing that they wanted they go to a different group to try to get yeah they're hopeful well if you're gonna put your stuff out there people are gonna remember they're gonna remember so I think the biggest thing and I I'm not part of any of this drama like I like listening to your conversations I don't even follow those pages anymore that if there was drama I'm out but like I think that I used to be able to see, you could see like this girl be like, oh, we're having a big fight. Oh, me and my husband are going on vacation. Oh, we can't talk to each other anymore. We're going to get divorced. Oh, we're going to go get married and have mm-hmm. another ceremony. And it's just like, we And you we remember who the people are. Yeah, like we know who you are. We've seen you on here. And like, maybe you should just give your spouse some more re- freaking respect and not tell everybody every time you have an argument because now everybody's going to think you or your spouse are just super shitty. And like that, you don't want to be that place. Well, and again, I think it's a generational thing because, like, I was raised that, like, if you get married, you try to do everything you can to stay married. Like, you know, obviously there's, you know, there may be no fixing something, but I feel also a lot of people get married and then, oh, we've been married for a year and he just doesn't love me anymore. And I'm, I, so many posts, like so many of those posts. And I'm like, okay, well, okay, you were 18. So that kind of makes sense. You guys don't know who you are. You're finding out who you are. Um, And like people don't like the comments that they get back because you have people saying like, well, you're 18. Like, you know, have you gone to therapy? Have you guys on this? And and the person was just like, I just wanted support. And I'm like, well, you can't come in, ask questions. And then just be like, I just wanted someone to tell me that's going to be okay. Like we can tell you it could be okay. But like, is that if you want to hear that, just just say that. Like, I don't know. I just think I that like if you don't have anything nice, you don't posts, say anything. Well, some of those posts are kind of oblivious mm-hmm. posts too, because it's like, oh, my husband came back from deployment. We're not connecting, blah, blah, blah. We're getting, the thing is, is like, he just went through a year of change and so yes. did you. So now you guys got to like figure that out. It's not, he doesn't love you anymore. It's, you guys are two totally different people now and you'll have to come together and remind yourself of why you are in this. Well, and then automatically thinking that your soldier like cheated on you because he comes home and he's just not connecting with you is also like a huge stigma that like I really don't like because I mean, I mean, I've been with Jeremy for since 2006. And so there have been times where he's come home and we weren't connecting the right way. Like we just didn't connect because they go through so much. They go through so much trauma. I mean, they could go through so much trauma on, on a deployment. They, they they don't even know how to cope. Like, you know, you know, yeah, they may just want to go hang out with their, their buddies because that's what they've known for the last year. And that's how they've coped with what they've gone through for the last year. So, you know, you have to take it a day at a time when it comes to like those kind of things. Like, you know, Hey, like, okay. Yeah. I understand. Like he's not coping. He's not, you're not connecting. You have to, you know, take a step back and kind of be like, okay, how can we fix this? Like talk, talk about it. If if talking is not working, then figure out another way or maybe say, Hey, okay, I'm going to give you some space. Like you obviously need space. Um, Everyone's different. Every situation is different would say something positive and not negative. Yes, here, I, I have like a good idea for all of you. If you come up with a topic like that, like say the one we were just talking about, go find our episode of reintegration. <laughs> and instead of like making a comment, be like, hey, here's some really great advice on how to go through the reintegration mm-hmm. process. And like what steps you can take if you actually are struggling. Instead of being like, oh, that's wrong. 
don't bully people. Well, you're not just talking to me. Resource, find them a resource. Maybe they yeah. just don't know where to look. Yeah. Or, and I feel like, like Kim was just saying, like the you thing, like, don't like be a negative, like you aren't talking to me or you are not like, why don't you love me? Like, okay. Like, Hey, like, you know, you've been home for two weeks. We've, we've had one conversation, you know, I know that this, like, you know, find a way to kind of like, don't, don't point fingers because like, I know when I do that to Jeremy, he shuts down. Like, like he is like, we'll get like fights back about it. And no matter how justified my feelings are in that situation or like anything about that situation, if I do point fingers and you, 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 there's, there's going to be no resolution. So not to interrupt, but I just got two text message from my husband. (laughs) I want to let y'all hear them. I'm tired of this. Do you miss me or what? I feel like you don't love me anymore. I really need answers. <laughs> no, we didn't. <laughs> oh my gosh. Y'all, this is conversations of almost I mean, 20 years happens. together. I mean, I mean, for I mean, Kim has been married for years. I've been married for years. Like it 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 it's it's like a roller coaster. Like they're always, you're gonna do it, they're gonna do it. It's a relationship. It well, we're all changing and growing. It. And like, you're going to go, yeah. you're, you can't make your spouse's problem your problem. Like you have to still go into your life and like, let them, sometimes they just need to deal with their own shit in their own way. And, and you got to let them do that. And you change. So, I mean, I'm in my mid thirties guys. And I'm literally have just changed as a person. Like the last two years I have grown so much. Like I have grown from, you know, from being one person to another, like, you change constantly. So you can't expect your spouse not to change too. Well, and this is, this is the thing too, with my husband sending me that message and what we're talking about is at this moment, I know he's joking, but I also know that he's feeling lonely right now. And he's like, Hey, I want some attention. So there was this TikTok video with this lady was like, her husband asked her to go to Walmart. She didn't want to go. She was tired. She just came home from work. There's little things like that. He just wanted to spend time with her. Mm-hmm. Like all he wanted to do was get away from the kids and go to Walmart for 20 minutes to yeah. get something and come right back. You got to catch on to those cues of when you need each other. And it goes because both ways. So if you feel like the simple. other person's not catching them, just say, hey, like I, I suggested this because I wanted to go. Like I wanted to spend time with you. Like I do that to Jeremy all the time. I'm like, hey, do you want to go do this? Not really. And it's just kind of like, I wasn't really just suggesting that to give you an option of going or not going. I was like, Hey, I want you to go with me. But like, again, communication, communication is key. You have to build your relationship up. You know, communication is key with, you know, a lot of posts that I've been seeing lately are like, I'm so tired of not having friends or people being fake and things like that. And, you know, that's a relationship too. Like, you know, if you want friends, you have to build that relationship and, you know, communicate with that other person. Um, I've seen a lot of those posts. I don't know about you guys, but I've seen a lot of those, like, um, I feel like everyone's fake and no one wants to be my friend. And I just want a really close friend. And, but I also those see those frustrate me because but people comment, but then they don't get together or I invite or them they to or they don't go meet events, people. Yeah. And they don't Same come. Thing. I will spend time literally going and privately messaging those people and saying, Hey, I totally understand how you feel. I've been here for blah, blah, blah. And I talk with them and then they're like, Oh, I'm going to come to the coffee. And then they don't come. And I'm like, 
I just was vulnerable with you and put myself out there because I really do want to make friends and I thought you did too. (laughs) So yeah, those posts frustrate me because you see them every other day or you see my kids need friends. We want a play date, but then then they just there's don't so many follow, things going on through. yeah like I feel like you know again it's two parts like you know I've you know if I say hey like yeah let's do it like I at least make the effort to follow through but then like you know some of them have turned into friendships and then other ones have turned into like you know we might be Facebook friends because we just never got back together because of whatever reason may be but I mean, sometimes that's okay too. I think that it is. you still can make really good friends. I think there's a good friends for us to kind of like plug deployed love though. Like the whole yeah. concept we were talking about FRGs, if your FRG doesn't fit deployed love does we all, um, if you're new to the show, we all are part of volunteers of deployed love. I am Kim is at Benning. Ashley is at Bragg and I do most of the virtual like online community that we have going on. Um, so we do have people that are willing to be friends with you. I think that if you haven't joined Deployed Love stuff, you really should. I don't know if Ashley, if you and Kim are in the group chat, but it's been really, really fun lately because like I'm people are actually asking questions and it's kind of nice to see our community and more of like a, not just posting in the group, but to see them actually chatting amongst each other recently has been really cute to, you know, well, and it, it's, it is somewhere where you can get a really quick answer because there's always somebody and it's nice to see that it's not just our leaders, our volunteers running it either. It's the community is starting to grow where they're, they're supporting each other. And I think a lot of people move from one base to another. That's how a lot of our volunteers we have gotten. They were at one of our bigger bases and then they're like, we loved this. We're bringing it with us. So that is one of the positive things about Facebook is it's starting to do all these new updated features and stuff. And I seen the chat come across the other day and I was like, I I didn't see it. So I just added it because I'm in a couple other ones and like, I've really been enjoying Like, you know, sometimes I mute it because like some of them are just kind of like, you know, I'm in a couple of the like mom ones of local ones. And so like, it's not really anything that I need to, um, what I need to do but like it's one of those things where I didn't even know we had that chat so I just added myself to it yeah I'm just proud of what the deployed love community is and not just the virtual side but like in each place because it has the the people that come and it's not just our volunteers are just so nice to each other and there's never been any of that petty it's a safe space like if you're if you're hesitant on getting out and meeting new people because you know there are a lot of people who don't like to go out and meet people but they really do want to meet people it's, you know, you're guaranteed to have at least one person there that's going to make you feel welcomed and, and, you know, get you into the conversation. And I think that's one of the reasons why I like, I like our event so much because like, it is a, um, safe space where like, you know, if someone wants to come and they're not feeling comfortable, they can still leave. Like they don't feel kind of obligated to stick around. Like if they had met someone just at the park. Like, hey, yeah, let's meet at the park, but if they weren't feeling comfortable, it'd be kind of rude if they just kind of, like, left. But, like, if they come to an event and they're there for a little bit and they're just not jamming or something like that, then they can, you know, it it's okay if you leave early and come back to a different event if you want to. Or if if you are kind of shy, like, having someone who's going to be like, hey, like, how's your day? Or what are you doing? Or, you know, things like that. Um, I think it's a safe space. Yeah, and it's I a think fun that's- culture. I think it's we're, like, overtly inclusive. Like, where we... We go out of our way 
to include people. And then they bring each of the people that come to the things start to bring that to the next thing. And they, they all in their own sense, I feel like at least at Bragg, we had become their own little leaders. Like I know that some of the girls who just came to stuff would, if one of the leaders didn't show up, would absolutely just run the show and just treat everybody the same way we did, because that's just how the culture of what it was when we had events. Mm-hmm. And I feel the need to throw this out there. We are not a gimmick. We are not there to ask you for money. We are not there no. to charge you. Most of our stuff is for free. So that's a big thing that I've heard a lot with Deployed Love too, is well, what does it cost or what is, what's behind it? What's the level up or the yeah. pyramid scheme or what? And there's none of that. Like it's there's not, not we're, we're just, just a group of wives that want to be there and, and be friends. And that's yeah, what we've got over like some of the other groups. Like it, we are a nonprofit, so we don't make it. Nobody's making money. We and I, making- what we have over USO and the things like that is we are, are all just spouses. We're all doing the same shit and we're all living through the same things. And even if you just go to a coffee social and nothing else, you're going to come out feeling a lot better because someone is going to relate to the shit that you're going through and be like, oh yeah, been there. I totally get it. Yeah, even if you're just, if you come and you make one friend and that that friend is, you just talk to them on the phone, like, hey, I'm having a bad day. Can we talk? Like, then we've done our job. If we can at least connect you to one other spouse or connect you um, to more spouses, like, that's our goal is to help you feel connected to the military community and the community that you're in. And And that's why we also have the online. So if we're not in your community... I, I personally am one of the ones that runs that page and we, we try to have conversations in there and we try to talk. And I mean, last, last week when we did the ball, it was really cute to just see like how many people in their beautiful dresses and their spouses. And it, it, it's so much fun in there. And so I think that you, you can find that community and definitely with the new chat feature, it's really nice because it's very much more personal. It's not just, you have to make a post and then there's communication. It's just, you can just talk to the other people. So yeah so big plug yeah, for, I, uh, for deployed love we don't talk about it enough and I think a lot of people honestly don't know that we're two thing we kind of are two separate entities anymore but like um we are all volunteers of deployed love though and so we do want you guys to know about it and get involved because it's it is really fun right some of my best friends are actually basically all my friends are from deployed love anymore like the ones that I actually talk to and stay in contact with are from deployed love so like it has grew my circle and I have loved that a lot so but I thought it would be nice to end this on a a little bit of a nice note I know there was some drama in it and it it, the military (laughs) the military is drama like it's always going to have some aspect of that we live in a culture and in a, a society where people are coming from everywhere around the world, not just around the country. And we're having to all mesh and live in one tiny little community and move to a new community. And there's there's gonna be challenges. There's gonna be hard parts of it. So we're here, we understand that, like it's gonna be hard. So hopefully just listening to us talk about it makes you feel like you're not doing it alone and it's not having to deal with these titles, these stereotypes. and or how to navigate these stereotypes, I guess, a little bit better too. So hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Um, We are going to be on a kind of a small break for Easter because a few of us are going on vacation, um, which is fun. But we'll be back with lots of episodes again in April. So we are excited to see you guys again. So wrap up, Buttercup. <laughs>